0: Thank you for uh, coming to this session. Uh, my name is Shannon Chapman. And um, if you weren't here for the first session, um, I am the administrative support director at One Church, and I also am the assimilation director at One Church. So it's my job. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm not I'm not a trekkie, sorry. Um so I um help uh my job is to help our guests go from um the crowd to community. And that includes our growth track and it includes um our host team, which uh people call some people call hospitality team, um guest services, um so it's all kind of the in the same uh, idea of we are helping, um, you know, get welcome guests with intentionality, um, so that they feel at ease when they're coming to your church, um, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. Um, so I'm just gonna recap real quick, um, the first session for anybody who, um, wasn't here for the first session. Um, and if you want to write this down, um, I'm gonna give you this number. You can text Synergy to this number, and it'll send you all of the notes um, for both sessions. So it is nine seven zero zero zero. And if you just put that uh, text that number and you text Synergy, it'll send you uh, the information. It's nine seven zero. Zero zero. And I'll give you all my notes for uh, both sessions. So thank you guys for uh coming to session two. Um it's just a continuation of the first one. We're talking about the sermon starts in the parking lot, and um that we are uh welcoming guests with intentionality, and we want them to feel at ease and to exceed their expectations. So, like I said, my name is Shannon Chapman. I'm with one church in Gahanna, Ohio, and um I asked for grace, um, in the first session cause I'm a little nervous. I'm not so much of a speaker. Um, but I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable now. So, um, I don't need as much grace, I don't think, but if I do just please pour it on if if I need it. Um, so, um, you know, I was, have been in the restaurant business for 20 years, um, over 20 years and I didn't understand why God called me to ministry. Um, you know, I don't have a Bible degree. Um, I went to a Catholic church, um, grew up Catholic, um, went to Catholic school. And then once I got into college, I was out of there. Um, I did not have a relationship with Jesus until, um, I was in my thirties. And so that started when my husband met a guy at the gym who was working the front desk and invited us to go to church. He said he was planning a church, and I had no idea what planning a church was. I didn't even know, like, how do you just plan a church? You can't decide where a church goes. It just is there. Um, growing up Catholic, that's what I believed. Um, so we decided to go in Easter of 2012 because everybody goes to church on Easter. We're one of those people. And so we walked in for the first time and, um, it was truly transformational and our whole lives have changed since then. Um, we walked in and we were greeted by people, um, in the parking lot, a couple in the parking lot that had, had umbrellas and walked us in. Um, we were greeted by people that were shaking our hands, um, uh, giving us high fives, hugging us. They didn't know who we were. Um, within the first 10 minutes that couple shared with us that they met in AA. And I thought if they met in AA, AA, we must be okay to be here because, um, I did not expect someone to be that authentic and that upfront and that real with us. And that just made all the difference. Um, I asked my husband what that, what that day meant to him, like them walking out to greet us in the parking lot. And he said that it, it was the first crack in his armor. And since that day, um, my husband and I have both been, have accepted Christ. We have both been baptized. He now preaches um, f- for our Golden Fellowship, which is our like 70-plus-year-old um group that are just amazing. And now I'm on staff at a church that I never, uh, you know, I never thought I'd be in this place, but God prepared me through, um, just working in the restaurant industry, um, you know, for guest relations, for hospitality, um, just attention to details. And so I am so grateful and, um, that he has called me to this. Um, and so I talked about earlier, um, how, um, Sorry, I forgot to start my timer. Um, so, we talked about, <laughs> so, coming to somewhere, you know, going to a place for the first time can be intimidating. Um, and a lot of people that are coming to church for the first time or first time in a long time, uh, you know, that's scary. That can be, uh, you know, intimidating and they, you know, are not sure what to expect. Um, you know, just imagine going to a high school for the first time or, you know, walking into a school, middle school for the first time and trying to find your way around. Um, for me, a hospital is intimidating because you never know. Uh, you don't want to walk into the wrong door because you never know what's going to be behind that door. Um, and probably my most intimidating place I've ever had to walk into was Ikea. Uh, you never know. I-, I had no idea where to go, what to do, or how to even like maneuver this place. And I couldn't leave because I couldn't get out because they make you, <laughs> they make you go through the whole thing, um, which is smart. But for me, it was like, it was like anxiety city. Um, so how do we go about, um, being intentional with our guests and how do we, um, you know, put them at ease and exceed their expectations. Um, starting with why, um, why, what's the purpose? Why are we welcoming guests with intentionality? And I'm going to go through these real quickly. Um, I want, you know, folks who weren't here in the first um, session to hear this, that, you know, the purpose of welcoming guests with intentionality is because God said so. Acts 15, 18 says, it's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. It is not for us to make it difficult for people who are coming to church who want to experience uh, an encounter with Jesus. Uh, you know, we have to make it as easy as possible for them to hear God. It's the right thing to do. Romans twelve thirteen says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. It's the right thing to do. God's telling us, hey, you know what? We're all in need. There's someone out there that's in need. And, you know, just always be eager to practice hospitality. And no one likes rude people. I mean, I don't like rude people. I don't like to go to a drive thru um or someone cuts me off in traffic. Um, you know just pray for them. Just you know, maybe maybe they're having a bad day. Um but but you don't like it. You don't like someone to be rude to you. Um you know, Leviticus 19:34 or I'm sorry, no one likes rude people. Job 31:32. Um I have never turned away a stranger, but o- have opened my doors to everyone. So it's not my job to pick and choose who's coming through my doors. It's not my job to pick and choose who needs to encounter Jesus. It's my job to make sure that They that I'm there to help them experience. And you were that person once. Remember a time in Leviticus 19.34. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. You were once that person walking into a strange land and not knowing anyone, not knowing um, where to go, where the restroom is, um, how to get your che- kids checked in, where to sit. Um, so you were that person once and you know how it, how it feels. So if it was a great experience, you want other people to have that great experience. If it wasn't a great experience, you don't want others to have that great experience and you want to make sure that everything you do, that person will have a great experience. And lastly, it's our mission. Acts one eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Judea, in Ju- excuse me, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. At the end of the day, that's what we're all here for—is to share the gospel. That's our mission. And an empty chair never gave his life to Jesus. An empty imagine that, an empty chair. This chair will never give his life to Jesus. If they can't get to the chairs, the chair isn't the only thing that's going to be left empty. So we've got 10 minutes. We've got 10 minutes. And I've got a quote here from this book, Secrets of a Secret Shopper by Greg Atkinson. It says, Reaching and Keeping Church Guests. It's a great book, short read, but it's got a lot of information in it um, that will help you in your ministry um, and just making sure that we are giving everything that we need to give to our guests. And it says, you've got 10 minutes. Within the first 10 minutes, a person will decide if they are coming back. An unchurched person will look for reasons not to come back, even if they were invited by friends or family. So in order to exceed expectations, uh, we're going to talk about 10 ways that you can be intentional so that you can put your guests at ease and you can exceed their expectations. So we talked about the first five in the first um, in the first session. And the first one is breaking the barrier. It is our job, it is our goal as the host team or first impressions team or hospitality team is to break barriers. Andy Stanley says that we must remove every possible obstacle from the path of the disinterested, suspicious, here against my will, would rather be somewhere else, unchurched guests. The parking lot, hallways, auditorium, and stage must be obstacle-free zones. So from the street to the seat, nothing can get in the way of allowing God God to encounter the person he has called to be in your church that day as a guest. So first, we're going to break the barrier. Second, be our guest. We need to be intentional about guests, and allow them to know that we're waiting for them. Allow them to understand that, hey, we're prepared for you. We're expecting you. Um, some of the things that I read in a uh, surprising article that will kind of help fuel your hospitality ministry and help you think through some of the uh, the things that you're going through within your own ministry is that you will have more guests than you think in a year. Your connect cards, your whatever you're doing to capture first-time guests, second-time guest information is not the majority of your guests. So how can we make that clear and simple? How can we do that better? And that's one thing that we are... Um, you know, working on at, at one church is, you know, we feel like we're having, we're seeing new people, we're seeing new guests come in every week, but compared to the amount of connect cards that we're actually receiving that say that they're first time guest is not proportionate. So how can we do this better? How can we make it more clear and more simple for our guests to fill out? Um, many of your guests are going through situations that make them more responsive to God. For us, When we first decided to come to one church, like we were not living a life for Christ. We were, you know, going through some hard times, some some just things in our life that we knew that what we were doing in our own flesh was not working, that we needed something more. And that's why we came to one church. And that's where, you know, God started to work within us. So these are people that are hurt that may be going through divorce, that might be going through addictions, relationship issues, financial issues. So these are the people that are coming and visiting your church on a Sunday. A guest who is attending may represent years of prayer, service, and invitation by a church friend or family member. So there could be somebody out there that's praying, who's inviting, who's been just hounding someone to come to church and all of a sudden they decide, you know what, I'm going to check this church out. So if they decide, you know, you've been asking me and asking me and asking me, I think I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a try so you'll stop getting on on me about it. So they come to your church, you better make that friend or family member look good. So we need to be intentional about welcoming guests into our church. And then a welcoming host team... Um, it's a great way for people to kind of get their feet wet into serving. And, you know, if someone has a great experience um, with the host team or a member on your uh, hospitality team then or your guest services team, then they're going to be most likely to say yes. When they say, you know what, this is my church. I belong here. I'm here. I want to be a part of it. I want to serve. Then they're going to say, you know what, I had an awesome experience when I first stepped in to uh, this church. I, w- I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be that for someone because I I received that. And if I didn't receive that, but I still liked everything else about the church, then I want to be there because I don't want somebody else to have that same experience I did if it wasn't so great. Um, so it's just an easy way for um, you know your guests to go from uh, crowd to the community. Personality tests. We talked about this a little bit, and we had some questions about this. Um, you know, one of the things that I read, and and this had nothing to do with church, this article was about hosting in the restaurant industry. And it says, what are skills necessary for becoming a good host? And it says, a host isn't just you being you. It's you at your best under the influence of and filled up with deeper, more powerful, more powerful and fun emotions. To me, I feel like that's us filled with the Holy Spirit. That's someone who's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is powerful when somebody walks in to your church for the first time and doesn't know, doesn't know who Jesus is, doesn't know what to expect, but they see and feel this intangible thing that they can walk away with because your host or your uh, welcome team is filled with the Holy Spirit. But you also have to, to look at personalities and people's gifts and talents. We're all uniquely qualified. We're all uniquely gifted with different skills, talents, stories, scars, uh, you know, things that make us uniquely us and that qualify us to serve in the church. And there's a place for everyone. God will use everyone in your church. The parking lot, for example, is probably not the best idea to have someone, uh, you know, the guy who's really great guy, he's got a great heart, but he's a little bit awkward, uh, maybe a little bit weird, might not be the best person to have in the parking lot, but he has a place. He has a place, and it's our job To help people find the right place, the right place to serve within your church. Because no one feels gifted and passionate and ready to serve in an area that they're not gifted and passionate. So like, I'm sorry, I love kids, but you're not going to see me serve in the kids ministry because that's just, that's not my gift, that's not my passion. So we want to be intentional about putting people, looking at their personality, looking at who they are, looking at who God has gifted them to be and putting them in the right seat on the bus. You already got them on the bus. They want to serve. Let's let's figure out what seat they belong in. Um, we talked about online dating. And how today we've got all kinds of, you know, we've got Facebooks, um, all kinds of social media uh Instagram, Snapchat, uh, you know, I've got rid of all my social media, so I'm not sure of all the, the new fanged dangled stuff anymore. But people are looking online before they even step foot in your church. They want to see what you're like, who you are, can I relate, and do I see people that I can relate to on there? Um, 10%, or I'm sorry, not 10%, I need to get my numbers straight here, um, 59% of adults, who are looking to find a congregation, say that they go online first. So six out of ten people who are um, wanting to find a church will go and Google a church, look on your church, and see if they can relate. So that's important. So we need to make sure that we're, what we're putting online is a, a representation of who we are. And that when so, guests get there, we better make sure that We are who we say we are. Because a guest a guest is going to see that and sniff that out right away. So then, number five, we're glad you're here. We want guests to understand that we are glad that they're here. You know, if we want to reach new people for the gospel, we have to expect new people to show up. So we have to always be in the state of expectation. And wanting and making people feel like, they are welcome here that we want them and be intentional about it. So I'm going to start, um, we're going to start with the, the next one. Uh, number six, this is all new. It's a sign. So how many people, have, how many of you guys have been driving somewhere and, um, you know, you see something on the side of the road, it's, it's a sign, it says something and you're like, oh, hmm, that must have been for me. Or I need direction, where am I supposed to go? Oh, it tells me I'm supposed to turn left. Okay. So it's the same thing with our church. When someone pull, when someone is online, decides that, you know what, I wanna, I wanna go out on a date with you. Because I already cyber stalked you. So now I'm ready to meet you in person. So when somebody, when somebody is ready for that step and they get there, they need a sign. They need a sign that, you know what, I'm in the right place. So, signs are really important. Every week, we're at our church. Every week, we walk around our church, and we know where everything is. We know where the restroom is. But have we ever thought about it in the perspective of a guest? So, um, Pastor Greg was telling the story about how he was talking to a guy in the lobby, and this guy just recently went to um, Italy to visit the Sistine Chapel. And so he's telling about how awesome it was. And it was like chance of a lifetime. You know, I've never been there. And he said, I was waiting in line. And I'm waiting in line to get into the Sistine Chapel. And the, the guard who's guarding the Sistine Chapel is standing over there like this. On his phone. Now, why is that guy not excited? That guy is there every single day. And the Sistine Chapel has worn off. And, you know, it's not all in wonder anymore. It's just the Sistine Chapel. This is just my job. How many of us think like that on a Sunday? That I'm just here doing my job and don't think about the all in wonder of why we're here to share, to share the gospel and that we're here because people want to encounter Jesus. So I would encourage you to not assume anything or that your guests will find their way on their own or that they'll, you know, figure it out, but to map out their experience, you know, and walk them through the experience you want them to have, not the experience that they're, that they may have but well, what do you want their experience to be? So grab somebody um, that maybe doesn't go to your church um, or walk around the property in the eyes of a, a new guest and are would you be able to navigate you know, where to drop your kids off, where to park? Do you, would you feel welcomed? Would you feel um, excited to be there? Would you know where the restrooms are or how to get into the sanctuary the auditorium. Um, you know, think about it. Think about it through the lens of the guest and make changes if you, if you blindly walk through there, not know it, not ever being there, would you be able to make your way to where you need to be? So map that out. It, you cannot over sign anything. Like, you cannot over communicate. You cannot put enough signs out. If it's overkill, at least they know where they're going. So signs, they should be geared to first-time guests and their needs. You know, people who have been in your church for a while, have been there for a long time. They know where they're going. They know what's going on. You need to make sure that your the information that you're providing for your guests um, is geared towards them. Answer their questions. Where's the restroom? How do I get coffee? You know, where uh, where do I drop my kids off? Where do I park? It needs to be easy to see. So if I'm looking for something and it's way up here, I'm really short. My eyesight doesn't go up there. But if I'm in a crowded lobby, and because I'm short and I can't see very well, I may need to look up for if I need to go to the restroom and find out where the restroom is. So think about where your signs are placed. You know, make sure they're easy to see. Make sure that they're easy to read. And make sure that they don't make your guests feel like an outsider. So for an example for us, uh, something that we uh, changed is, so our youth is called One Movement. And if you don't come to one church and you've never been to one church before, you would have no idea what one movement is. So a guest is not going to know what one movement is. So your signs need to be easy to read and understand from the point of a guest. So it needs to be youth. It needs to be kids, not the kids cove pirate ship, whatever it is. You, it needs to be clear and concise so that your guests don't have to guess what, uh, well, it kind of kit, it might be the kids area, but I'm, mmm, I am i do not know. Like, it needs to be clear, just absolutely crystal clear for them. Because then they feel like an outsider. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what one movement is, so I'm not even gonna even look, I'm not even go, gonna go over there. Because I don't know what that is. So, Signs. Signs are super important. Um, God gives us signs all the time. Um, And you never know. Someone's going to pull onto your parking lot and it's going to read a sign, and that's going to be the sign that they need um, to just solidify why they're there. Um, Number seven, where do I park? So you've got them. Someone's pulled onto your property. Someone has, you know, read the signs, okay, I'm here, I know I'm at, I'm, I know I'm at this church, so now where do I park? Signs aren't the only thing that should be parking people. People should be parking people. There should be a team out in your parking lot, people who are excited that guests are here, and excited to welcome guests, and kind of you know what, you want to change your mindset because we're not just parking cars here. We are parking people. We are parking lives. We are, it's life and death. And someone could walk into, you know, our church and never encounter Jesus. And that's what's so important. I keep saying that, but that's That's what it is. That's what we're here for. So we're not parking cars, we're parking people. The parking lot should, team should be hosts in the parking lot, not just a body waving a wand. How many times have you gone to a, um, a concert and, you know, the guy's just waving the wand, doesn't care whether you're here or not. Yep, go this way. You know, I, I, I can't tell you. Like, I feel sorry for the guy because, you know, he's not having fun or excited to be there. He's just doing his job. But when I pull into the parking lot and there's someone there, waving at me, excited, knowing that that they're there to help me, that is when I'm like, huh, okay, maybe they're excited I'm here. Maybe they are expecting me. In most cases, the parking lot team is the first interaction that people have with a human being. So think about who's in your parking lot team. Think about all the people that are out in your parking lot team on Sunday. Are those the people you want for your guests to see for the first time, their first interaction with a human being in your parking lot? And are they out there with intentionality or are they out there just doing a job? Are they out there with a mindset of, you know what? I'm not just parking cars today. It's not about that. I'm parking these people. I'm parking families. I'm parking, uh, you know, A life that could be changed by walking through these doors. So you should have a clear plan, which is, this is really important. Because for us, like our biggest problem right now, well, one of our biggest problems right now is the parking lot. We do not have enough parking lot for the amount of cars that are coming in our parking lot. Great problem to have. Not, not, not saying anything about that. But we have to be intentional. We have to have a clear plan for the flow of traffic in and out of our um, parking lot because it's so crucial. How many times have you gone somewhere and concerts, a great example, again, of like parking somewhere and then trying to get out and you're not sure where do I go, how do I get out, which way do I turn, and then you're stuck in traffic. Um, and then all the experience that you had leading up to that, you're like, hmm, but I can't get out of this place. I'm ready to go have lunch now. Um, so just make sure that your team, that you have someone that has a clear plan, that you um, have a backup plan, and a backup plan after that, and then a backup plan after that, because not no Sunday is alike. Every Sunday is different. The weather's going to change things. Uh, you know, the amount of people that are coming are going to change things. Um, so that they should be ready to, um, you know, just be flexible. Uh You know, don't, you don't want to have someone in your parking lot, on your parking lot team that if you have to, um, you know, pivot and change, you know, the, the plan that that's just going to screw up the rest of their day. And then they're out there frustrated and confused. And, you know, because then you never want to see them. You never want to let them see you sweat. You want to be out there and you know what? The parking lot is just so full it's going great today you want to make sure that you are parking people so glad you're here and you don't want to let them see you sweat because then people get you know they're like oh well maybe maybe i'm just kind of hindering the process if i'm here maybe maybe they don't have enough space for me or you know i i just mm, this is just too much for me um so just have a plan um you know, you want to make sure that people are out there in the parking lot who, um, you know, are excited to be out there, but they have a plan and they're ready to pivot if needed without any hesitation um, because that's important. It shows intentionality. It shows that we're thinking about you when you pull on here and and make sure that your parking lot team is moving them from the time that they pull onto your property, that there's someone greeting them all the way until they get to their spot. That lets a guest know that, you know what, you're not alone. There's someone here with you all the way till you get to your spot. And we're going to take care of you until you're parked, and then we're going to take care of you from the time you're in the parking lot to the time you get to your seat. So now that someone has gone Uh, from online dating to, I'm gonna show up. They see the signs. You know, I'm here. I'm ready to, ready to go. And I got you parking. I got you in a parking spot. Um, I'm parked. Now what? Great. Now what? I've made my decision to visit your church. I pulled into the parking lot. I got a spot. Got a good spot because I'm a visitor. Now what? What's my next step? What do I do? This is where mapping out your guest experience is crucial. So do you have people, someone, a volunteer in your parking lot who are showing people where to go next? Do you have someone at that next step, whether it's the front doors, whether it's the welcome tent team, whether it's, you know, whatever uh, your next step from the parking lot inside, do you have someone there assisting guests the whole way through? Is the main entrance clearly marked? Is there a separate entrance where I take my kids? Like, how, where do I go check my kids in? That is, um, huge. One of the main, one of the, uh, top things that people look for when, um, you know, looking for a new church is, you know, is my, are my kids gonna be safe? Am I gonna be, um, comfortable leaving my kids, dropping my kids off? While I go into sometimes another building or another room, and am I going to feel comfortable in there while my kids are in another area? So if you have clear, if you set clear expectations of, okay, this is where you're going to drop off. We're going to check in. You're going to check. You're going to get a sticker. You're going to, you know, there's, there's security here that if, if I know what my clear, step is. If I know what my step is from getting out of my car and getting them checked in, then I know that you thought about me. I know that you thought about how my day was going to go and you helped map that out so I don't have to figure it out. And that's huge because you've got 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes to make that first impression. So think about in your church, think about the first 10 minutes. Where does that 10 minutes end? So does it take 10 minutes to park? If your guests are in the parking lot for 10 minutes, your parking lot team better be on point. If you're, if it takes 10 minutes to park and get to the front door, then your front door greeters, they better, they better be the most welcoming team there is because that's where that guest is going to decide whether I'm coming back or not. Does it take 10 minutes to park? Get through the front doors, and then now I'm, my ten minutes is up at coffee where I'm getting coffee. The coffee doesn't have to be great, but it has to be clearly marked so I'm not confused. It's, uh, I, I'm searching for coffee because it's eight o'clock in the morning and I need coffee. You know, Jesus and coffee are my, you know my two two love languages here. So I need my coffee on a Sunday. You know, do, is there someone there that can that's going to greet me and maybe even. You know, hey, let me get that coffee for you. Is you know, how can I how can I serve you? That 10 minutes, where where in your church is your 10 minutes up? And within that 10 minutes, have you made the impression that you want to make because sometimes we we won't get a second impression. A guest might decide, you know what? Mm. This isn't the place for me. Number nine is one of my favorites, and it's the love is in the details. So I am a details person. Um, I love details. The smallest detail for me is something that I love to do and something that I um, enjoy, and it brings me joy. Uh, you know, some people aren't details people, and I get you, but you can bring the vision, and I'll bring the details. But I've got, so i kind of was looking up some quotes and I just found these that I just thought were really good. And it's for, um, this one, I don't know who, who said this. So don't quote me because it's not for me, but it says details are the difference between good stuff and great stuff. So we can be good at what we do, or we could be great at what we do. And it's some of those detail things that matter. I think one of the things that like really got me interested in coming to one church was because of some of the details, like, I just really appreciated it. And for someone like me, that matters. Um, Walt Disney says, there is no magic in the magic. It's all in the details. So there's no magic. It's just all the details. You know, how, how the things that we can do to make someone feel special. And one of my favorites is by John Francis Paul de Gandhi. And he says, in a major matter, no details are too small. Is there no major matter more important than an encounter with Jesus? So every detail counts. And so, you know, you think about, well, does God, does he really care about the details? Of course he does. Everything is small compared to him and what he can do. Every single detail is way smaller than who he is and what he can do. So of course he does. Every little, every, we're all details. Every single one of us. All of our thing, all of the, the things that make us us, our, our stories, our, our talents, like those are details. And God cares about that. And what does God call us to do above all things? Is to love. To love one another. And the love is in the details. First Corinthians 13, thirteen. Three things will last forever: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these are love. So, what can you do that stands out and goes beyond expectations to love someone just as they are when they come on to uh, come to your church for the first time or the first time in a long time? And I feel like we said. Is breaking those barriers. You know, what can we do to break those barriers? Because someone can walk away thinking, eh, the coffee wasn't great. It was kind of cold. I didn't really get the music. Yeah. The message was okay. Wasn't, you know, as exciting as I hoped it to be. But you know what? They loved me. I walked away from there feeling something I've never felt before. And that's because the people that were serving loved me for who I am. They don't know who I am. They don't know what I've been through. They didn't care. All they did was show me love. So some of the things. So for us, um, one of the things that we do for our guests, we have a welcome tent, um, and this is not something that we came up with. Um, there we saw other church doing it, other churches doing it, and we said, "Hey, you know what? Let's try that." And it has probably been one of the best things that we decided we're going to do on a Sunday um, that took a lot of preparation and a lot of just planning to make sure that we did it right. But we feel the you know, return on investment has been amazing because our guests now have a place uh, to come and that we were intentional. So um, for us, we have a tent that's outside um, and it's outside all year long. Um, through the rain, snow, um, it doesn't matter. We've got some sides that we put on it if it's raining or if it's really cold. We have, um, some of those stand heaters outside so that it's warm. The only time we bring it inside, um, is if it's like below, negative below anything. So we won't, we won't make anybody stand out there in like super freezing cold, but you know, it's so valuable and the people that serve in the welcome tent love it um, even when it's raining and even when it's cold and windy um, just because they see so much value in it. Um, I talked to, uh, I shared the story earlier about how there was a, a lady that I just talked to um, and I just asked her, hey, why why did you start serving? Uh, you know, what was your experience when you came to one church? And she said, uh, you know, my sister's been inviting me for a long time. And I finally decided to come, and so I was a little bit late, and when I walked in, the people greeted me at the welcome tent, and I just felt so special because I knew that they were there welcoming me. I had my flashers on, they came out and visited, they came out to my car, walked me in, showed me around, um, so for her, that was, like, that was that crack in the armor, and... Now she's serving as one of our service leaders in the welcome tent because she knows the value and she wants uh, everyone to have that experience. So in the welcome tent, uh, so, you know, sometimes we'll do some snacks. Sometimes we'll have, you know, depending on what time of year it is, we might serve um, hot chocolate or apple cider or lemonade, uh, you know, because food always brings people. Uh, you know, if you give them food or you give them snacks, they're, you know, they're like, all right, I'll okay. come. I've been here for 10 years, but you know, I'll, I'll be a first time guest. But, uh, you know, even people stop by our, our, our visitor, our welcome tent, um, even if they've been here for a while because they see the excitement going on at our tent and they want to be a part of that too. Um, we've had many people join our welcome tent team just because of the experience that they've had. Um, so, the, um, the welcome tent is, a, a place to connect with first-time guests. We ask them to fill out a card there. Um, and then we give them a gift. We give them a mug, um, that says, uh, you know, uh, welcome to one church, um, on there. And it's this nice little campfire mug. It's, you know, people who've been coming for years are like, oh yeah, I'm a first-time guest just because they want that mug. Um, we've had to, we've had to end up, um, on special occasions selling that mug because so many people, uh, want that mug because it's just awesome um, and it's just a great it's it's a great mug in the first place and just you know people want if they love your church and want to be a part of your church they want to have something that has your name on it um, because they're 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 a part of the community um, so it's a great um, opportunity to connect with new guests um, but it doesn't have to be a tent it could be anything it could be a table it could be in, you know, in your lobby, a special area in your lobby. Um, it doesn't have to be something extravagant or cost a lot of money, but it does need to be intentional. It needs to be a place where um, your guest feel like, you know what, they really thought about me. Um, you know what, I, I want to know more about the church. I want to connect with someone. Um, and it's just a great opportunity, uh, you know, and it's a detail, it's a little detail that goes a long way. Um, and then with details, there's many things that you can do, um, you know, within your own church that will just relate to someone, you know what, they were really thinking about me. Um, as simple as what I like to call church mints. Um, we all have them in our church where, the, you know, the little white mints and the little, wait, they're in my pocket, the church mints. How many, you know, like this, for me, like this, I know it's something simple, but you thought about, you know, me, and that I might have coffee breath and might be talking to somebody, and that I can pick these up in the restroom, or by the coffee, or, you know, you were intentional about setting these out. Um, and I, I call them church mints, because every church you go to has these kind of mints. So, um, so, the other thing is, um, you know, just being intentional, um, because if, you know, we're not trying to uh, manipulate guests um, into coming back or staying at your church, um, but if you have an experience in a restaurant or you have a great customer service service experience, you're going to tell someone. You're going to come back. You are going to bring people with you. Um, you're going to get involved. Um, and then, you know, you kind of find out. Um, what that company or what your church's values are by the way that they treat you. Um, two, in particular, for me, um, wow internet. Does anybody have wow internet here? Or wow cable? So, we had wow for a long, long time. Um, awesome customer service. Not the greatest internet, but the customer service was they were great. They were, you know, super helpful. Anytime I needed to call them. And I didn't want to switch because I didn't want to lose their customer service. And I mean, it wasn't the greatest internet at all, but I didn't want to lose that customer service if I went to another company. So I was willing to give up good internet so that I would have good customer service because that was important to me. Um, I'm also a... Um, essential oil, hippie kind of person. So um, I love doTERRA oils. And so I um, started getting into doTERRA oils and, you know, had some questions. And so their, their customer service is amazing. Literally, they're on it like this. They're the nicest people I've ever come in contact with. Their products are excellent. Probably some of the best on the market but they're expensive. They're super expensive. But to me, the great product and the customer service, I'm willing to pay the extra amount of money because for me, like the oils, I'm paying for the oils, but I'm also getting that customer service. Um, and that's, in, that's important to me. So not everyone is going to love what you do, but if you can get them to walk away, like I said, uh, the coffee wasn't that great. Uh, you know, the message was, uh it was good, but I wish, you know, I wish it was a little bit more, you know, rah, rah, uh, you know, get, got me excited. The song, the, you know, the, the worship is a little loud, it's a little too loud. But I walked away thinking, you know what? They loved me. They really cared about me. Then I, that person's gonna come back because they felt valued. And they're gonna give you another chance. They are gonna, they're gonna say, you know what? Well, maybe I'll come in a little bit after worship. You know, I'll come in a little bit late because it's too loud, but I can come in and I know I'm gonna be welcomed and I know that people are gonna love me and that they're gonna like care for me. And that's what's important. Lastly, number ten, you Do you. Because no one else can be you or your church. You and your church are uniquely you. You can't, if you can't do any of these things that we talked about today without being unapologetically and authentically you, do not do it. People leave church because they're looking for something authentic. If they're not finding something authentic and that's real to who you are as a church, they're going to sniff that out and they're going to leave because they don't want a part of that. They want to feel like they're a part of something real. Church culture is like going to Starbucks. When you walk into Starbucks and you're into Starbucks and you come out of Starbucks, you smell like Starbucks. If I walk into Starbucks and I see the sign that says Starbucks and I see the people with the Starbucks hats and I'm, you know, I get my Starbucks drink and I walk out of there and I smell like Folgers, I'm not going to come back because they're trying to be someone that they're not. And so, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, someone who embodies the one church culture is they've got the one church smell on them. And so don't try to be someone that you're not. Do what works for you within, um, you know, be intentional, be um, unexpected, be creative, be innovative, be, um, you know, genius, but be you. Don't do something that doesn't feel like you. It doesn't have to cost a lot. It doesn't have to break your budget. But be intentional um, and and do what only you can do with what you have in your church. But be intentional about exceeding our guests' expectations and helping them feel at ease when they come to your church. That's all I have. That's that's my ten my ten uh ten ways um to exceed a guest expectations. Um so we have a few minutes here if, if anybody wants to um ask some questions. We had some really good questions. Yeah. Good question. Um so we actually have lanyards um kind of like this, a little bit bigger, that have uh you know the person's name on it. We are actually uh thinking about moving this Easter to T shirts um that have uh, you know, I don't, I'm not in the creative department, so I don't know what they're putting on them yet. Um, but we are looking to have something because for us, um, our lobby is a little bit small and overcrowded. So, um, you know, not everybody sees these. Um, so it's just another way to be identified as someone who can help and serve you. Um, so yes, we do. And then another thing that we do for our, our volunteers is we have what we call a host hub. And so it's a special area designated just for our volunteers where they can come in in the morning. They can put their stuff down. They can, if they're serving multiple services, they can come in, relax, rest. We'll have snacks in there for them, water and that kind of thing. So it's just a, a really cool area for them to connect together with. So we have, um, so on Sundays, every Sunday at 9 a.m., so our first service is at 9.30, at 9 a.m., we do, uh, what we call a host huddle. And so we, uh, kind of level set for the day, and, you know, someone leads that, whether it's one of our campus pastors, whether it's, uh, one of our leaders, um, and just kind of gets everyone excited, motivated, kind of like, focused for the day and you know what our mission and our goal is so we do that every Sunday but then we also um, depending on the team some teams um, meet uh, every other month and kind of like a team huddle um, you know, and they'll they'll do some leadership training, um, just kind of some role training, anything that's like changed or, you know, policies, things like that, that, you know, some kind of like housework, house cleaning that we need to um, clean up. And then just most of that time, though, we want it to be relational and just really being able to bond as a team. Um, and then we'll do a couple times a year, we'll do all volunteers get together. Um, we just did one at Christmas. Um, where we all got together and it was great because people serve at different times and in different areas. So we had like all the kids, um, all the kids volunteers, the, the host team, the production, the music, everybody, you know, even volunteers that don't serve on a Sunday. So kind of like your behind the scenes people that are serving. And we all got together and everybody's like, I didn't know this many people served. So it was really great. People got to meet new people. Um, it was just a great opportunity for us to all come together. Yeah. Yes. So that is um, one of the things that is always tough um, because, you know, every week there's always, you know, there's always a need. Um, and so right now we're in the process with kind of like growth track. Um, and as people join the team, we're asking them to fill out a survey of, you know, uh, what service they want to serve at and how many times a month. So like the first Sunday and the third Sunday or like the first and second um, and just kind of um, really getting people to commit to specific Sundays so that we're not all over the place and not knowing how many people, you know, oh, this person served. Like we keep asking the same person to serve every week. Um, we're not at that point yet. Uh, uh, we're kind of like in this transition where um, everything that we were doing um, was working. But now that we're growing, it's like we need to shift and think a different way. So we're in that process of um, just being intentional about who we're scheduling and how we're scheduling them. Yep, we use Planning Center. Um, and so each of our lead team leaders, so like our welcome tent team, our parking lot team, our, um, our door team, our auditorium team, those leaders schedule for their, uh, specific team for that week. Um, eventually, I would like to find a unicorn, what I'm calling a unicorn, who is the person who does the serving across, or the, um, scheduling for all of my, uh, host volunteers. Um, so that way it's that person's job to schedule them all because then that person knows, well, I, I schedule this person over here. They can't be in two places at one. And that's what we're finding is a lot of times people are getting scheduled in two different places, um, at the same time for the same service. So, um, that's my unicorn that I'm looking for someone who's a scheduler. Yeah, you're fine. Yes, for volunteers or overall? Okay, so that's also something we've been talking about. Um, and we do not check in our attenders. Um, we do have someone that counts. Um, so we have something kind of like this where someone will go up there and they can count the seats. So we have a number of people um, who are in the seats. And then our one kids volunteers, they have to check in. Um, and then we have right now a, um, we print out who's serving on the host team and then they go in and, and highlight that they're here. Um, in Easter, we're actually moving over to, um, have iPads in our host hub where they will check in, um, because literally after service, there's someone, if they're checking them off, like going in and, and checking them in. So if we can just get them to check in, that's one step that's, um, already you know done one less person having to to do that uh, and same with our our band and our production um, and trying to get every area to digitally check in on a Sunday so that we can keep track of you know who's there who's serving you know if we haven't seen somebody in a long time like we can pull uh, you know a report of you know I haven't seen this person are they okay let me check in on them So the um, I think that the advantage of having it um, outside is visibility. Um, so it's the first thing that you see when you're walking up to the door. I mean, because it's like a huge tent. Um, and if you have people over there and you have, um, you know, volunteers that are in your host tent or your welcome tent and you're creating that buzz... People were, oh, what's going on over there? Like, I want to go check this out. Um, it wasn't, we, when we had it in the, um, in the lobby, um, it wasn't a, a bad thing. Um, you know, we still had plenty of signage. We still had visibility. People still went there. Um, but for us, our lobby is not large enough to handle that. Um, it just really, there was really just like a clog in the lobby, um, to where having it outside, there's that, uh, you know, it's, it's, Somewhere designated that's people can see, people can see people going there. There's a lot of buzz created there. Um, and then so we also have like a side door where people sneak in on the side door. So we have a sign out there too that says, you know, if you're new here, please stop at our, our welcome tent located in the front. Um, and then we also talk about it every single Sunday. We talk about it from the stage. So after worship, um, before like the whole meet and greet, we just welcome guests um, and thank them for being here and letting them know if you're, this is your first time, second time guest, please step outside to the front uh, and into our welcome tent. We've got a gift for you out there. We give them a mug. We have people that want to meet you and get to know you. Um, so we're very intentional about pointing people there. Questions? Are we done? Yes. Yes. Um, One thing that uh, I've been in contact with uh, Momentum Church down in Florida, and one thing that they always say is, and I don't know if you guys do this or not, is have people on standby just in case. If someone comes in a day, and all of us have bad days, and being hospitality and Mm -hmm. being out in the parking lot, if you come in and you're just not feeling it that day, it's nothing wrong with just sitting down. I love that. Just Maybe nothing you should wrong. just set this so one out today. Down. Go ahead, and, you know. Hey, I'm just having a bad day today. Sit down. You know that's fine. Come back tomorrow or next week and do it. But just sit down, you know. And, yeah. and, and we still want you. You're still part of the team. We love you because tomorrow might be me. I might need that. Yeah. How many of us would have liked to tell tell people, Hey, you just need to sit down for today. I mean, that's great. I love that. I love that. Yes. So, any other questions, Les? Um, for us, no. And quite honestly, if you are not saved, we're okay with you being on the host team. Because, um, what for us, it's an opportunity for community. And in community is where you start to, um, experience, you know, Jesus and, and, and you can, in that process is where you might be saved. And if I, if I don't allow you to be on the team, because you're not saved, then I could be hindering, you know, God from working in your life. And like, there might be a moment where you're called to be in a specific area, serving in a, in a specific role where you're gonna just accept Christ right there because you feel it. The Holy Spirit's working through you. And I wouldn't wanna, we wouldn't wanna hinder that from anyone. So for us, you don't have to be saved. Uh, you don't have to be baptized to be on that team, uh, you know, for the kids. To, the only you have to be uh, background checked for the kids. But there's many of opportunities for, you know, the Holy Spirit to move and to work within you um, while you're on a team. And, you know, I, I was on the serve team before I accepted Christ. And, you know, probably that was something that helped get me to that point. Yep. So I we are out of time. So, thank you all so much for uh, for being here.